Hello and welcome once again back to the Patriot Preacher Podcast. I'm Dan Fraley. I'm the preacher at the mouth of Joe's Creek Church of Christ. And once again, I'm back here with Brother Bill Haywood. And when we left off, we have been talking about Jeremiah chapter 6, and we were talking about the people's disdain for God's Word, how they just reject God's Word and do not love it. And when, of course, I left off, I talked about God's grace appearing to all men in Titus chapter 2, verse 11, where it says, For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared unto all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we, live, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. Today, I'm back once again with Brother Bill Haywood, and we're going to go back to Jeremiah chapter 6. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, what it means to love God's Word or love, love the Bible. Uh, Bill, why don't you tell them a little bit about yourself once, one more time? Yes, my name is Bill Haywood. I preach for the Lord's Church in Abingdon, Virginia. I'm an instructor here at the Tri-City School of Preaching. I'll be the incoming director July 1st of 2022. And um, just a thrill to be here with you, Dan, discussing God's Word. Absolutely. So I want to read here Jeremiah chapter 6 and verse 10 once again. I want to read Jeremiah chapter 6, verse 14, and then I want to turn it over to, to Bill and let him go go in this direction of talking about loving God's Word. This is the warning. Okay, this is the warning that Jeremiah was giving to the people when he says, To whom shall I speak and give warning that they may hear? He says, Behold, their ears uncircumcised, and they cannot hearken. Behold, the word of the Lord is unto them a reproach that they have no delight in it. Verse 14 says, they have, also he- uh, they have healed also the herd of the daughter of my people slightly, saying, Peace, peace, when there is no peace. Uh, Bill, how does Jeremiah bring these people back, or does he bring them back? Well, actually, you know, the problem is there is a terrible cancer, and there is a remnant, and there's a cure for the cancer. But the book of Jeremiah is a gloomy book. Now, somebody says, no, no, you don't believe it. Read it. It is a gloomy book. I know there are some some glimmers of hope in there. There's, a, I believe, a messianic prophecy in there, and he talks about the plans he has for them. But there's, But the cure is tough. The cure is you're going to be in captivity for 70 years. You know, if we have somebody, a friend, that has cancers, and the doctor says, I believe I can cure the cancer, but you're going to have to go through the treatment. Well, what's the treatment, Doc? Well, you're going to have to have 39 radiation treatments, and then you're going to have to have a course of chemotherapy. And if you know anything about that type of treatment, most of us say, wow, that's tough. That's tough. That's a tough cure. But but the reality is, okay, it can be cured, but you've got to follow the treatment plan. God says, I've got to get this idolatrous heart out of this people, and there's a cure. Now, Dan, we've got a problem in the home, in the church, in our local communities, and in the United States of America. We are a people who are worshiping at the altars of various gods. We've got people who are worshiping at the god of materialism. We have got people who are worshiping at the altar, at the altar of sexuality. We have people who are worshiping at the altar of choice. We have people who are worshiping at the altar of education. I love education, and all of those things in the proper place have a proper use and can be used to glorify and honor God. Even sexuality in the context of a scriptural marriage is appropriate in the sight of God, but we've taken them out of the proper, appropriate context, and we use them for our own gratification. Nothing wrong with having a good car. If you understand that car doesn't belong to you, it belongs to God. He holds the title to everything. 
But what's the problem with this people? They have a reproach to God's word. Now, Dan, here's the solution. We can solve the problems in the home. We can solve the problems in the church. We can solve the problems in our community. And we can solve the problems in the United States of America if we will go back to the word of God. Yeah, I was just thinking the whole time you're talking, what is what is America's priority? What is, you know, and I'm just bringing this down to an individual level. I mean, we can talk about the politics of America and everything that's going on right now, but what is the solution to the problem? And it begins with the individual and his priorities. Now, mm-hmm. you mentioned talking about, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, you were talking about the God of materialism, the God of idolatry, the God of sexuality, the good thing is about this, Bill, and I'm going to let you get to where you're going here scripturally, but the good news is the Bible lays out a plan. The Bible lays out a plan for every individual. I'm just going to read one verse here, Second Peter chapter 1, and then I'll let you get back to Jeremiah chapter 6 and see what Jeremiah says about it. But when I read Second Peter chapter 1 and verse 3, it says, According as his divine power hath given us all things, that pertain unto life and godliness. Well, how shall we interact with the things of this world? How shall we interact with the material things? How shall we interact with spiritual things? How shall we interact with sexual things, money, time? Who should we give our time to? How shall we interact in our families? You see, uh, the more and more I read the Bible, the more and more I understand that the country's, this nation's foundation begins in the home. Mm-hmm. It begins in the home, and it begins with the Word of God and teaching your children the Word of God. Is that a correct Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Assessment? And if you want to, if we want to turn this nation around, that's a great book in right there, Second Peter chapter 1, 3. He's given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. So if you put that on one end, we'll give you another book in in just a minute. So God's given us what we need. Now, we need to keep in mind Jeremiah 10, 23. I've oftentimes told people I don't have a tattoo, and if you have tattoos, I'm not knocking you. But if I ever got a tattoo, I'd probably need to have Jeremiah 10, 23 tattooed on my forehead backwards. Do you have that there? Yeah, let me let me read this. I'm going to back up to, um, well, okay. Yeah, let me read 23 and 24. Jeremiah 10, 23 and 24. It says, O Lord, I know the way of man is not in himself. It is, uh, it is not in man that walketh to direct his steps. So who should, be, who should be guiding us? Who should be directing our steps? Verse 24, O Lord, correct me, but with judgment, not in thine anger, lest thou bring me to nothing. So in these verses, you kind of have an idea of what, how we're supposed to walk. Oh, absolutely. And, and I'm so glad you read verse 24. You know, it's so, it seems natural for a man to say, I've got this figured out. I know what to do. And the reality is, no, you don't. You don't know how to raise your children. Oh, yeah, I do. I had great parents. They were... Listen, your parents may have given you a great pattern, but you better be checking with God's word because what will happen is we'll continue to depart, continue to depart, continue to depart. We need to get back to square one. We'll see that probably at the end of this lesson. We'll be looking at, at this idea in chapter 6. Get back to square one. Go back to God's word. Find out how does... What's God say about being a husband, about being a wife, about being a parent, about being an employer, employer, a good citizen? What does God say about these things? Because we're not going to figure it out on our own. Now, having said that, you gave us the first book in, and that is that he's given us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him, through the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Now, at the end of chapter 5, here is a sad state of affairs, and I'm afraid that it, 
It describes our current culture, an astonishing, a horrible thing has been committed in the land. Yeah, what, that's, that's Jeremiah chapter 5, right? Yes, like I'm, yes, I'm sorry, okay. Je- Jeremiah 5, yep. verse 30, an astonishing and horrible thing has been committed in the land. Verse 31, the prophets prophesy falsely. They're telling lies. And the priests rule by their own power. They don't have the authority of God in what they're doing. They're just doing what they want to do and what the people find acceptable. Now, you hear two terribly sad statements. And my people love to have it so. My people love. The prophets are lying to you. The priests are not following the authority of God. Well, it's all right. I like it that way. <laughs> You're going to die. Yeah, but I like it. I feel good about it. Now, the last one's not a statement. It's really a question, but it's incredibly sad. The question is, but what will you do in the end? Oh, I like it. It's enjoyable. We talked about in the last podcast, casual harlotry. Oh, it's no big deal. It's no big deal. What are you going to do in the end? It's going to hurt you in this life and in the life to come. First Peter, or excuse me, First Timothy chapter four and verse eight says that bodily exercise profits a little. It doesn't say that it's worthless, but it profits a little. But godliness is profitable for all things, having the promise of the life that now is right now. The best way to live right now is as a Christian, and the life to come. These people, they're enjoying themselves. They like the lies and everything. But it's destructive to them. And so th- so we're, if you think about it as, as this bookshelf, so here we move. God's given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. We see that we cannot figure it out on our own, Jeremiah 10, 23. The tendency, the tendency is to say, but I don't like it God's way. I like to gratify my flesh. I like to do what I want to do. Now, let's just take a little break here and consider something. I love this about the prophets and especially uh, Jeremiah and Ezekiel. In the book of Jeremiah, we're going to find this phrase over and over again, thus says the Lord, thus says the Lord. As a matter of fact, I believe it's 149 times. Ezekiel's a close second with 127 times. The other prophets are kind of scattered out. Uh, Isaiah has it 35 times, thus says the Lord. If you want to solve a problem, doesn't need to be, thus says Bill, or thus says Dan, or thus says Mama, or thus says my preacher. It needs to be, thus says the Lord. Well, how do I know that? Dan, we've got to dig into God's Word. Absolutely. As you were talking, I was looking at Jeremiah chapter 5 and verse 29. You read uh, verse 31, and I believe it's yeah, 30 and 31, but look at the previous verse. This is, this is God. Once again, addressing the people, he says, "Shall I not visit for these things?" Well, of course he's going to. He is going to. <laughs> he is going to. What's the word I'm looking for? Exact justice. He says, "Shall I not visit these things?" saith the Lord, "Shall not my soul be avenged on such a nation as this?" Mm-hmm. That is a warning. That is a Jeremiah is there for a warning, right? He's telling the people. If we live a certain way, if we don't abide by the word of God, then judgment is coming. Will God not avenge? Well, the New Testament talks about this over and over again. I think of some of the verses that come to mind, 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, when Jesus is talking about taking vengeance on them that know not God and obey not the gospel of our Mm -hmm. Lord Jesus Christ. That all enties together with what Jeremiah is preaching to these people. It, It all has to do with 
doing the will of God. And there are some people that say, Bill, well, we don't really have to do the word of God as long as we believe in our heart or, or you know, whatever the, whatever the mantra is today. You know, it's, mostly it's a sinner's prayer and inviting Jesus into your heart. Things that you were talking about, the prophets prophesy falsely. They tell you false things. And then those things really have nothing to do with the Word of God. Well, you know, <clears throat> along that line, somebody may listen to their preacher and say, but he wouldn't lie to me. He wouldn't lie to me. Well, now here's the bottom line. I can be wrong, Dan. You can be wrong. Absolutely. But the Word of God will never be wrong. But, but I, I mean well, and I believe the preacher means well. Well, now let me tell you something. Sincerity is absolutely crucial, but sincerity, now mark it down, folks. Sincerity is not a test of accuracy. Sincerity is not a test of truthfulness. Let me illustrate it this way. Dan, let's suppose that uh, one of the students here go to get us a glass of iced tea. And their intention is, their intention they sincerely intend to bring us iced tea, but they get a hold of some other container and they bring us a glass of arsenic. Now, they intended, they sincerely intended to bring us iced tea, but they bring us a glass of iced arsenic. Now, at the end of the day, their intentions don't matter. It doesn't matter what they intended to do. They killed us. Now, you might have a preacher that's very sincere, but you better check him out. You listen to me preach. You listen to Dan preach or any other preacher. You better check us out. Acts 17.11, the Bereans, what? They were more noble-minded. Why? Because they searched the Scriptures daily to see the things that Paul were, was preaching were true. We need to have that disposition because, you know, God's Word is the only standard, Dan. Not my heart, not what I believe about another person, but what God's Word says. Absolutely, and it brings me back. It brings me back to Jeremiah chapter 6. What is the warning? Well, the warning is... The people won't hear. They're uncircumcised. They have a casual relationship with the Word of God. They say, well, you know, a lot like what people do today. You believe what you believe. We'll worship how we will. Why don't you just let us worship the way we want to over here, and you worship the way you want to over there? Of course, it doesn't work that way. The Bible makes it clear in the New Testament. The reason why we have the New Testament letters is to get everybody on the same sheet of music about what God wants. Listen to the solution in Jeremiah chapter 6, and I'm going to verse 16 here. Jeremiah chapter 6, the problem, verse 15. Were they ashamed when they had committed abomination? Nay, they were not at all ashamed. Neither could they blush. Therefore they shall fall among them that fall at the time that I visit them, because he already said in Jeremiah 5, if you go back, he's going to visit them. Shall his soul not avenge the things that they do? He says, I visit them that they shall be cast down, saith the Lord. Now listen what, as Brother Bill pointed out here in Jeremiah 129 times, thus saith the Lord. He says, stand ye in the ways. That just simply means Stand up for the word of God. Do the word of God. It says, and see and ask for the old paths. Ask for that one way. Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 and 14. Narrow is that way. Ask for the old ways. Where is the good way? Ask for that. And walk therein. That means abide therein. Stay therein. 1 John chapter 1, verse 7 through 10 comes to mind. And ye shall find rest for your souls. But they said, we will not walk therein. There's our other book in. There's our other book in. 
Dan. So we began with Second uh, Peter 1, verse 3. He's given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Now here's the other bookend. He's saying, what I want you to do is go back to square one. When he says the old past, he's not talking about 1940, 1950, or 1960. And he's not talking about 1822 or 1739. He's talking about go back to square one, God's original pattern that he laid out. And let's go back to that. You know, there's an interesting thing. Back in Jeremiah 16, he said, the word of God is reproached to them. And notice that last phrase in verse uh, 10, Jeremiah 6:10. they had no delight in it. Does that remind you of Psalm 1? Psalm 1 talks about the blessed man. Listen, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. Now get this, verse number 2, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. And then he begins to list the benefits of being that kind of man. Now, here's the amazing thing to me as I look at that. And boy, I mean, it is, it, it, it's, it's rough on me because as I look at this, I have to say, now, is the word of God really my delight? Is that what consumes my life? Wouldn't it be wonderful if we could be as consumed by God's word as we are about college football or college basketball. Now, listen, I love sports, okay? Maybe not as much as other people, but I'm all right with sports and everything. But here, this person, he's consumed with God's Word. You get a, you get a group of Christians together, they can talk about everything from hunting and fishing and football and painting and working on the house. But if the Word of God comes up, all you hear is crickets. Why? Because they don't know the Word of God. They can't participate in that conversation. If you ask them, what do you think? They don't have a thing to say. And it's because they're deli- they have no delight in it. Well, how do you, how do you fix that, Dan? You start, you start with little nibbles, little nibbles. I've got a dear friend right now whose daughter's very sick. She can't eat. Now, she can't eat. It's not that she doesn't want to eat. She can't eat. You know what's happening to her body? She's in really serious trouble, and they're trying to get doctors to help her. Let me tell you something in a spiritual sense. When people don't eat, they begin to die. They begin to die spiritually, and you need to start. And you might have to start slow, and you nibble, and you get into it, and it begins to strengthen your body, and you're able to eat more and more and more. Absolutely. You know, when I was thinking what what you were just saying, and and I'm aware of that lady who's having trouble to eat, put her on her prayer list. Here's the thing. I want to go back to Jeremiah before they went into captivity. You see, Jeremiah was written to warn the uh, children of Israel, the tribe of Judah, the kingdom of Judah, that they were about to go into captivity for the way that they were living. Okay, so what this meant was there was that God was going to raise up a nation. He was going to come through, and he was going to destroy the kingdom of Judah. Now, After that had happened, let's fast forward about 70 years. They've been in captivity for about 70 years, and it comes to uh, the end of the history, Ezra and Nehemiah time frame. I want you to listen to what Ezra does. After they had been in captivity, they did not know the word of the Lord anymore. They had rejected it. Jeremiah says they rejected it. And just as Brother Bill pointed out, it was a gloom and and doom-type letter because they would not repent. They took it as a casual thing. This is what people are doing today. They're taking the Word of God as a casual thing, and and as it was pointed out, they're starving because of this. They're starving spiritually. Listen to what Ezra does. Ezra chapter 7 and verse 10. 
For Ezra had prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord and to do it. You see, it's not enough just to look for Do we want people to look for the word of the Lord? We most certainly do. We want people to find the word of the Lord. What does it take? Today, if I were to ask you, what does one have to do in order to be saved? Well, you can read the New Testament and it'll tell you, whoever believes and is baptized shall be saved. We must repent of our sins. We must confess Christ before men. The Bible says that we must go down in the watery grave of baptism, come up out of the water and walk in newness of life. Are we ready to do that? Ezra had prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord and to do it and to teach in Israel statutes and judgments. But look at verse 23 of the same chapter of Ezra chapter 7. For whatsoever is commanded by the God of heaven, let it be diligently done for the house of God of heaven. For why should there be wrath against the realm of the king and his son? So the idea is he prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord and to do it. Bill, I'll give you this one last word here. You know, Colossians chapter 3, verse number 17 is a great passage of Scripture for us to consider because it points out we need the authority of Jesus, which is found from Genesis 1 to Revelation 22 for everything we do. Listen to the all-inclusiveness of this. And whatever, circle that word, whatever, that includes everything. But he goes further. You do in word or deed. There you go, man. That's all-encompassing. Now get this, do all, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Now, if we think about that, if we have that attitude, I want to make sure I go to the Bible and I have the authority for, of Jesus for, for who I marry, the way I live in my, in my marriage, for the way I raise my kids, for the type of employee I am, for the way I worship, for what I must do to be saved. Every aspect of our life, Dan, it will radically, radically change our life. It's not some type of, uh, of hard, cold, clinical thing, but when you're in a relationship, you're, you're seeking to honor that one that you love. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments, John 14, 15. Absolutely, and this podcast is about that. We're trying to bring people who are lost to Christ so that we can all teach and do the same things and love the Lord our God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, and with all our mind. You're listening to the Patriot Preacher Podcast. I'm Dan Fraley. I'm a preacher at the mouth of Joe's Creek Church of Christ. Highway 5230, State Highway 194 West, Pikeville, Kentucky, 41501. We'd love to see you there. You can reach out to us. Contact me at 423-707-4178. I'd love to hear from you. God bless you, and thank you for tuning in.